Hello and welcome to University Challenged with me, your host, Tony Kent. Now, what happens if you start university and then decide it isn't for you? Shouldn't you just see it through? No. Uh, in today's episode, our guest is Michael Lonnan, and he's built a career in technology marketing by epitomizing the agile mindset of fail fast, learn, move on. And after two full starts in further and higher education, he secured his first role in marketing by asking a direct question and has ever since used his tenacity, eye for opportunity and self-belief to carve out the career that he wants. Michael talks candidly about his early years, including stints in kitchens and a bit of window fitting and how the challenges he faced spurred him on to bigger and better things. This is an inspiring episode for anyone who's afraid of making the leap. If you're not sure whether you've made the right education or career decision, or if you're getting in your own way when it comes to asking for what you want. Hello, Michael. Welcome to University Challenged. Hi, Tony. Hi. Right. <laughs> I know you. You know me. But for the listeners today and the listeners to come, can you share your full name and what it is you do today? My name's Michael Lonnan. Um, I'm 42 years old and I'm in marketing. Great. Okay. And uh, so today you're in marketing. Um, let's go back in time a little bit. I've yeah. almost got the wallpaper to do that, like the Scooby-Doo time that, warp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go back to when you were at secondary school. So yeah. how did you get on? Uh, when, I think, when I think back to my time in secondary school in particular, it was a bit like, it was a bit like the in-betweeners which I was just watching a clip of earlier on um it's a bit like the in-betweeners where um you know it wasn't one of the really popular kiddies but wasn't one of the the morons at the other end um sort of in between uh, a bit like the character Simon that's it with the uh okay. with the stupid hair where he kind of gels it up and he looks it looks utterly ridiculous but a bit like him yeah so I think yeah. um yeah <laughs> that would probably be a good way to surmise it okay um and what subjects did you take? You would have been GCSE. Wouldn't yeah. You? yeah. 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 So what subjects did you study? Yeah. So, so um, I always wanted to be a paleontologist, which is one of them fossil hunting guys. Yeah. Like Ross, our friends. Um, so I kind of fo- <laughs> I focused on the, um, the science um, yeah. side of things. Anything that I felt would take me on to that at the time um, with the subjects I, I went for. Uh, so you obviously do the, the maths and the, the English and all that sort of stuff, but the double sciences was where I, yeah. I went for. Can't say I was any good at it though. Okay. So with that in mind, um, what did you finish up with in your GCSEs? Can you remember? Yeah, just, <clears throat> so again, middling all the way through. This is like school history. And your mum always, you get the report card. Your mum says, Michael, it's not bad, but it says here, um, did well but could do better so it's a bit like that so I've got C's yeah. all the way through uh, so yeah. English both English C's math C's yeah. both the sciences C's uh, business C's the only thing I did do uh, better on was um, physical education and history because I enjoyed those and got B's on them and the yeah. one I failed on was modern languages which was German um, yeah. I cannot and I'd love to learn Spanish but I cannot grasp a language I don't know why I just don't have I just I'm not bright enough for it, I suppose, but I can't hold the information. Right. Okay. But yeah. I guess, um, you know, there are those things that we're strong in and those Good things not. that sometimes don't quite stick. 
when you've got your GCSEs with your yeah. C for consistency, I like that consistency. A couple of bravos. Um, <laughs> what happened? What What was the discussion at school? Was it A levels, technical college, plan for uni? What was the advice you were given? Oh, um, the school was quite good actually in in the building up and doing the GCSEs. All and they they push you towards making sure you you worked your nuts off to to do as well as you could. From that point of view, it was good. But anything after that, I think that they were quite weak on, and you, you never really got advice or guidance about where you should go next. I think it was it was considered you should go on to college, but you weren't really, you know, it, they wouldn't look at and say, oh, "Well, Michael, mm, academically, probably college is not the right thing for him. Maybe it's more of a physical thing and and coursework based element, and so you should go down that road." So it's kind of just, I think, just expected that you went into college and did something. Um, yeah. but you weren't given much guidance and and my my parents and and siblings hadn't gone through the process either so they weren't really able to advise where where I should go so it's a bit like okay I'll do it but yeah. I don't really know why I'm doing it kind of thing yeah and what did you choose to go on and do then so th- uh, from memory did um it was a sports science um yeah. Uh, a level and I think it was with psychology on the side of it yeah it was with psychology on the side yeah. of it yeah. um at a place called Queen Mary's College in Basingstoke and yeah which was which was which was good I can't fault it I could only yeah. fault my own application to actually yeah. achieving it <laughs> okay <laughs> um did you pass then what happened no. <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, okay yeah I yeah i I don't think I'm a quitter. I wouldn't like, I don't think I am because I, I hate myself when I do it, but I did quit that and I did drop out after nine months, I think it was. Yeah. Um, sort of run around enjoying the time yeah. at college, but not necessarily enjoying the, the actual time you're supposed to be there at college for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And and actually, that's something that was, I think, because we're roughly the same age, easier to do at the time. You didn't have to stay in education. You could go and get a job. So did you um, leave college to find work or yeah. did you go apply somewhere else? Yeah. So this was like the weird period in, in life. And there's a bit of disruption at home as well. So I was kind of making decisions on the, on the fly without much guidance. And yeah. I think that after that, I went in and did sort of... Um, contracting work doing anything from kitchen porting to office cleaning and anything random yeah because I had an idea where I wanted to get to but there was a gap between colleges so I was doing you know I was shoveling gunk out of plug holes in in hotels and stuff like that and cleaning dishes off and um anything I could get some money for basically that period and and so your plan then you said you had an idea of where you wanted to get to what was what was that yeah, so I, again, although I although I quit, I'm a quitter. Although I quit, uh, I actually still wanted to get into. I was like, well, I can't. I hate exams, right? And I, I yeah. that was kind of where the, the problem really was in my head. I didn't think I under pressure. I thought I'd be pretty rubbish. Mm. So I went into a coursework based um, set of de- or degree, a BTEC National yeah. Diploma, I think it was in in yeah. sports science again. But it yeah. was basically coursework yeah. led which yeah. I am fast with, with a bit of thought I can put much better responses down to on pieces yeah. of paper. So, 
okay where i wanted to get to and did you return to the same college or did you go somewhere no it was a it was a different one uh if you if you remember um or you know based at college of technology i am an alumnus (laughs) (laughs) alumni alumna i don't know i went there yeah um so I, I went, I signed up there and um, mm. that was a two-year course um, yeah. with a couple of really good uh, tutors, one of which one of which I actually got in touch with recently, uh, randomly. I don't know why I had this impulse yeah. to go and try and speak to him and he turns out as an MBE now, so that was a bit weird. Wow, um, that's amazing. He was a really nice guy. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was a really good tutor. I can't say we got on particularly... Really, really well, but he was a good yeah. teacher. But I, yeah. I thought I was a bit of a dip during that time, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um. So I contacted him anyway because I, I was feeling quite—I don't know why I was feeling quite bad. I was feeling quite bad about my behaviour. I think I was. Yeah. I was. Anyway, it was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I think as your kids get older, you reflect on how you were at that yeah. age. You mm. absolutely do. You picture yourself at that point in time. You're like, what was I like? What was I doing? I wish I hadn't done it quite like that. You try and impress yeah. them. They don't listen to you. No. <laughs> okay. So you um, completed your BTEC, yes? Yes, I yeah. did that. Got through You did that. Great. Okay. And what was your plan from there? Where did you go? Again, they, the kind of expectation was to step into university. Um, there wasn't, I kind of, you quickly realise as, as you're getting into that age, I can't remember what age it was, 20, was it 18? No, 18, 18, 19, you, you start to think about where can I make the most money in the thing that I am pretty good at? Yeah. And you quickly realise, well, actually, there's not that much money in, in sports science and leisure and tourism, that sort of stuff. So I started to, yeah. I, so I didn't really want to get into university, but at the time I had no other plan. So, yeah. Um, lastminute.com without a idea i went back into bco and i said can you help me apply for a university quick there's yeah. no what else to do yeah um and that and yeah got into king of wessex in winchester yeah and that's kind of where i stepped into next doing sports science again psychology as a kind of side side bit yeah yeah and given that the name of this podcast is yeah. university challenged tell me uh what happened <laughs> should be university queer for me um so uh yeah so again after about 10 months or 11 months i quit yeah. yep yeah. going well here um i quit and there, there was a specific reason I, I i didn't i didn't mind the course and it was okay and the rest of it but i was i was commuting i wasn't staying yeah. there i'd missed all the induction parts of it so i didn't know anyone i was going yeah. in there every day going in leaving going in leaving they all knew yeah. each other and i i felt um this was sound really sad i felt quite lonely i felt really lonely um yeah because i don't find i don't make friends spontaneously i don't i you know i'm quite um introverted i suppose um mm. and I, I couldn't bring myself out to to integrate with the other other guys and in the end I just between that and the, the course itself I kind of I was like right it's just not working for me I'm not happy so I I won't mm. just do it so I dropped again yeah well just a, a point on language here and I know you're interested in that being in marketing is uh the use of the word stop rather than quit um, <laughs> <laughs> there is a book by Alan Carr not the comedian on stopping smoking 
and and he says you can't say quit because that sounds like you're giving up something that you love if you say I'm stopping you're deciding to no longer participate in something that is not good for you or making very good very good and that's something I will pass on to my kids when they say they quit and stuff (laughs) (laughs) I'm stopping okay so you left uni um what did you do from there yeah so again I, I left without really having a with the, at that point having a plan about what mm. I wanted to do but um because I hate I, I didn't like the fact that I'd stopped um yeah. and I didn't I, I beat myself up quite a lot about it I knew it was the right thing at the time but it doesn't mean yeah. you know you've got nothing else on I was getting really quite itchy twitchy to, to find something else and yeah um, my dad knew someone who got me got me into uh, window fitting yeah so I became a window fitter for a set period of time yeah um, which is why I'm, I'm so really good at DIY and I won't show you the side of my wall in a second because there's a great big hole in it because I really don't even know how to put plaster on anything <laughs> um so there's a few shoddy windows probably falling out by now in the Berkshire and Hampshire area um but yeah okay but that's uh it's tough manual work to go into and it's interesting so you kind of had that idea of paleontology and then you're <laughs> following some service industry type um, qualifications. But there is that classic when you need to earn money. It's like, well, what other things I could I could be kitchen porter? I can become an yeah. apprentice window fitter. Um, that's the fastest route to cash, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And. I've always been a hard worker and I'm still yeah. a hard worker and everything. So, which is why every time, each time I was, I always wanted to be doing something. I didn't yeah. want to be, I want to be quick stopping something and then sitting down and putting your feet, feet up. That's just not me. Yeah. I, I always wanted something, which is why quickly when I stopped at um, college, I found something else really quickly and thought about where I want to go next. When I stopped at university, I got straight back into uh, work. Yeah. Whilst it was almost like a, a period of time to think about yeah. w- what can I do? You know, the, the university in the college times was about taking what I was strong at and, mm. and building on those without really, not, again, without knowing what the end goal was going to be, but knowing that I was good at it. Yeah. And then, you know, after a while you realise it's not right. Um, mm. So that I, I did that for about four, no, maybe more than that, six months or so. Yeah. Um, but I, like you say, it was, it was bloody hard work. Bloody hard yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe realised I didn't want to be a window fit for the rest of my life. Yeah. So you <laughs> tried that, said that's not for me. Um, what what happens from window fitting to marketing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you go from that to that? I know. I know. I know. Um, so my random this is random so I was kind of always looking around thinking well what how can I get into something and build mm. build a career effectively and I had friends who'd gone through um electrician yeah electrician apprenticeship apprenticeship yeah. um and I started investigating is there anything in business around because I was yeah. thinking where's the money I was thinking the money's in IT and business and that sort of thing yeah. so I was just I was just being like that yeah. um but there were there, there were apprenticeships around uh, I think it was key training I think they were at the time mm, where you would okay. take like a year or two year placement um, at different yeah. companies or a, yeah. a company and yeah. you would learn a particular skill and in one that I found was in business yeah. administration yeah um, at a company called Sun Microsystems ah yeah 
yeah which was which was kind of the first that is the entry point into the rest of it i guess if that that was the yeah. bit of it um but so they sent me in for an interview at some microsystems as a business administrator so um obviously really low level just mm. bucking about and, and helping people with bits of move bits of paper around um but they felt i went in and got interviewed by a lady named fiona gallagher a really sweet lady um really eccentric mm. and we went in there had a great time had a great chat um but i had no clear no experience but she she liked me as a person but she said look you're gonna get pretty bored uh, after mm. a while here or pretty quickly you're gonna get bored so she didn't offer me the job okay. um so yeah that that was a bit of a setback at the time yeah so she didn't offer you the job but obviously her name sticks in your mind so did she offer you an alternative route or something else yeah so um so that that see that up so i kind of i was gutted when i found out that i didn't get the job i knew it was low level i knew yeah she was probably right but i was like i've got to get into something i've got to do something or i'm gonna go mad yeah so i phoned her she'd given me a number and i phoned her and i asked her look can you give me the reasons why and she detailed all the all the reasons why yeah i said look I, honestly i really want this job i could do a great job here and i know it's low level but i can build it. i can do things yeah and what she did in the end is she went away and thought about it and then came back to me with another job so they basically created this marketing assistant yeah. role great which didn't exist before and then i yeah. went in and that became the starting point in february the 14th 2000 yeah wow yeah. so that's um and it goes to show isn't it the power of just picking up the phone to someone or asking for feedback or showing you're willing to learn, take something else on. How long, how long did you have that role? Yeah. Um, about eight and a half years. And, ah. and, and you're absolutely right. I, I can't imagine how many people have lost out on a role that they really, really wanted because they just took no for an answer. Yeah. And, and anyone listening, I would advocate, I would massively advocate if, if you really want something but yeah. you've not got the answer you want then then find out the reasons why and actually see if you see if there's something you can do about it sometimes there is not always yeah. but sometimes there is yeah that's fantastic um I take it uh, your job changed over those eight years what what um what was sort of your learning process within marketing and yeah how did your so, role change so the apprentice the apprenticeship went on for two years and then yeah. I did a further, uh, I think it was a customer service one, just to keep on uh, plugging away in there um, yeah. at some systems. But what happened is that um, I, I just kept on irritating people and asking for different things, to do different things, to try different things. And, yeah. you know, a team over there might be in charge of putting together the uh, customer um, publica- uh, publication, which is a magazine, I can't remember, the dot-com times or something like that. And I would go in there and find out what the process was, what was being yeah. said, why, how did you get the content, where yeah. did the adverts come from and why. And yeah. And there was a web team over there. And I was like, can you show me how to build a website? What, what's coding? What's HTML? How does that all come together? Yeah. And I was picking up different, different skills. They could see I was enthusiastic. Yeah. They could see that I worked hard. Yeah. Um, and it, it just gave me more and more responsibilities until in the end I was looking after I was marketed for different audiences, different industries, and just yeah. absorbing every. I was just absorbing everything at that time. Yeah. 
while I was and, young. Yeah, and I guess um, they were, you know, one of the biggest IT organisations, I believe. Yes, you know, in the world. Massive, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's an incredible organisation to kind of have on your CV as a first, you know, proper job. Where where did you go from there? Yeah, so um, they I got made redundant after eight and a half years, and this is just mm. before they got acquired by Oracle, and they kind of disappeared. Yeah. It was a real shame because they had this, the culture of that place, as you, as you say, was was fantastic. Honestly, the people yeah. I worked with were amazing by and large. Yeah. And yeah. I managed to learn a lot, but I got made redundant um, and then I joined uh, Microsoft. So I went to Microsoft to do a maternity cover for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, looking after, I think, the developers at the time, so people yeah. creating software effectively. Yeah, yeah. Kind of marketing out to those people, trying, yeah. to, trying to effectively not sell, but um, convince those developers that the Microsoft technology was the best stuff to use and the best yeah. tools and stuff. So I did that for a year as uh, a maternity yeah. cover contract yeah okay so you've got some microsystems microsoft i don't know where do you what um what was your next role where did you go on to from there yeah um so the next one was a a, a random accountant um in portsmouth um yeah i won't name the name um for three and a half years i I commuted from bayside to portsmouth um and and yeah a uh, real real learning curve i was in charge of the marketing for the, the entire business it wasn't a big business but there's like 100 yeah. 200 people there but yeah. um i learned so much about what not to do as much as about what to do or how yeah. or how to treat people versus um how to build up your own skills and yeah all the all the bad things that ever happened and i i learned i was in the deep end and i learned tons i mean i'd already learned eight and a half years or nine and a half years before that some really good great stuff but this yeah you know, it didn't prepare me for this these three and a half years and yeah, yeah i wouldn't i don't regret the time but yeah it was tough and i think but you raise an interesting point there because i don't think that people talk about the lessons very much um so there is that element of you know when you learn sometimes you learn by something going wrong um but if everything was always perfect you wouldn't you wouldn't be learning so I I I think you've kind of just highlighted that um certainly for some people they might think oh you've got the dream job it must have all been amazing everything you ever did must have been 100% a success but you learn (laughs) as much from the stuff that didn't go wrong or the you know the experience you had with people that weren't positive as you do from getting the award from marketing week or something <laughs> oh yeah, honestly yeah absolutely you've i've failed so often mm. vastly more than i've succeeded um but it's as you say it's those things that build up your resilience yeah and understanding yeah. of actually what has got a better chance of succeeding and yeah. and that happened all the way through and then at this particular um accountant place it was also the the owner was so i don't know the word he was a fantastic businessman brilliant one of the best i've ever come across before mm. and since but he was an arsehole and, <laughs> um, and it, i was always battling to try to appease and, and, and as much as do my job in the right way that i felt but also appease him in the way that he wanted it done so i was 
So I was, I was failing all the time, in it, in, particularly in his eyes. I was yeah. failing all the time. And I was just always looking for the, the right way of doing things. And, and yeah. when you got it right, fantastic. But that learning, hard yeah. as it was, has still created an additional foundation for everything that's come after it. Yeah. And, and so did you decide after that to return to tech? Is that where you've been ever since? Yeah, so uh, I went from there back into tech, into the tech world. Actually, working at um, this is where we met at um, political resource IT marketing agency, uh, looking after Microsoft partners um, for five and a half years there. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think? Because you've done vendors, you've done agency. Yeah. So actually, um, in terms of marketing exposure, and and you've been client side. You know, working for an accounting firm so that's a really rounded um set of skills I would have thought yeah it has shown me each of the different ways of approaching writing a message or, yeah. or putting together an advert or building out a yeah. campaign yeah that really has helped and and I didn't know it at the time and I guess I didn't really know it until I actually until I went to the marketing agency that, that I was actually a fairly creative person in my mindset Mm-hmm. And and I think I think that combined with my lessons the twelve and a half years before that about mm-hmm. understanding audiences and and, yeah. and understanding when a message is right and being able to persuade them that to, to take the direction I want to take them on that creativity and that persuasive kind of writing approach helped particularly with the um, the agency side of things where I was creating different campaigns all of the time yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think actually that did create that rounded approach. Yeah, yeah. And and did you have um, a sort of idea throughout your career where you you wanted to manage campaigns across Europe, or you wanted to manage campaigns for a specific sector? Um, did, did you have a, a sense of that in your mind as you were sort of moving moving throughout your career? I think it was always a case of just wanting to build on and build on and build on. It was like, yeah. you've got a bit here and you've worked it and you kind of understand it. What else can you add to it? What else can you do? Where else can you go yeah. with it? How yeah. else can you apply it? And I always wanted to build on that. I never kind mm-hmm. of satisfied in just being in one place all of the time. Mm-hmm. And that has kind of been a bit of a feature of my career. And that's why I ended up at Stevo Systems, um, which mm. is doing a European role and traveling around quite a lot because mm. it was that drive to want to kind of understand audiences further. Yeah. That really got me into that. And, and that's why I ended up there, why I ended up there, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what do you think? Because you mentioned, like you said, being at the agency made you realize that you are quite a creative person. Yeah. Um, how do you get to? sort of express that today then are you, <laughs> sure. are you going to show me something then um, <laughs> so I guess so your your role today is that a are you pan-european again or are you UK focused I'm UK focused looking after particular yeah. industries um yeah. but the, the the company I work for I used to actually work with at the old agency many years back uh, right um, so I knew a lot of the guys that worked there. I worked for one of the people I worked there or worked with. So they yeah. kind of know me and yeah. and they yeah, hate you so. And it yeah. it's a brilliant company to work for. Um it really is. And I'm not blowing smoke up anyone's backside, but I've worked in enough places now to know when a company yeah. is decent and they treat their pe- people really well. 
Yeah. But the role I do now is um, very focused on particular industries that I'm, um, I'm going after, but also I'm yeah. given creative license just to come up with things that might affect other industries, other products yeah. and other people. And that's why I love it. I love, I love just being able to, I mean, I'm old now, 42. So I kind of, a bit... <laughs> I said, we're roughly the same age. I mean, there's five, there's five years there. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Aged you. Um, <laughs> see, cause you've done a couple of things recently that I think people might not consider are, would be within, like, it seems to me you, you've been able to do a couple of things that stand out as, um, yeah, really creative and outside of what people might think um, marketing typically entails so can you share what those two things are and yeah, you know so what I'm on about <laughs> I think I do you have to <laughs> so your podcast and your book there you uh, are yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again again like I say they to give me free license to come up with different ideas and be creative yeah. and, and where I think actually there's a gap for us to reach a new audience in a new way mm. and the podcast for example Danix Matt's podcast was something I've been itching to do for ages and um yeah. And to be honest, it was a really simple method that anyone listening to this could probably will probably understand. You know, it's, it's, it's speaking with industry experts or even experts in HSO about particular topics, whatever the topics are. There's yeah. loads of them. There's 300 people in the UK. So you've got all these different brains that you can go and, go and talk to and get 10 minutes, 20 minutes at a time to tell mm. you about what they think about a particular topic that you put together. Right now, mm. you take that topic, you can then create um, written content that you can share out into the wider world you can socialize it you can yeah do so many different things with this little bit of content and this big brain over here that you've just sucked all the goodness out of and we've done now 65 i think 65 yeah which i don't know i don't know you're you're absolutely prolific and brilliant Uh, (laughs) for me to to maintain that is, is being um, quite a challenge because I'm basically doing that as a bit of a side thing yeah. on top of everything else. So that, I love doing it. I really love mm. doing it. And I think it's it's bringing the people to the fore because what happens in a lot of big companies is that there's, there's lots of people and they're kind of hidden. You know, yeah. Really bright and really clever and they're doing some brilliant stuff but they're hidden away. And you yeah. never, they, they'll never see the light of day. So I'm like, well, Let's just bring them out. Let's, let's make the company look like a personal thing. It's not just yeah. a big corporate company of the MD and the finance CFO and the CFO. Yeah. That's all bollocks. The real company is the people underneath all of that. There's people yeah. that are working with customers, delivering projects. Those are mm. the people I wanted to get to anyway. Going off now. Um, but that that was kind of formed the basis of it. And the and the, and the second thing was yeah, was was the book, which was a bit bizarre uh confessions of a data man great so, um that in, in a nutshell because i've been around the world of data and technology for so long i kind of been yeah. speaking to lots of different people and i had i had opinions on different things i'm not a technologist i'm not a data expert or anything like that but mm. i i basically put a layman's spin layman's spin on yeah. the world of data and technology and and it just in, in the end it just came out it came out in a book i don't know how and and I, I and I haven't got a copy of it up here, which is a bit sad. No, it's not sad. Oh, I can't see it's blowing it out. There, right? there. Now I can see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a yeah. So it's a proper proper book. Um, 
but that was just another example of 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 yeah. having dr- drive myself to do something wanted to be creative about the way of approaching it um mm. and just having a different way of of reaching an audience and that's kind of what marketing is really about and um question i ask all my guests is have there been points so you've got, you know if you look at the names on your cv and the things that you've done you know it's really impressive and are there times when people assume that you have a degree or has has, do you feel like not having been to uni has ever been highlighted or questioned I can't say it's ever been questioned Mm. but um during interviews with different it hasn't ever been questioned not in the jobs I've ever got into I've got to say I've never been asked yeah yeah, you've got a degree it's going to be a deciding factor Mm. but obviously I've been through lots of interviews over my years and haven't got everything and I mm. do believe in in some way shape or form not having that um degree has has sometimes been um a bit of a um a barrier I think this is an assumption mm. yeah but okay I think um I think ultimately though where I've got to in my career and the things that I've done have never ever ever been in paired by not having a degree and yeah. you know the best people that I've ever worked for um have never sat down with me and gone look you know we're not going to get to this particular point or we're not going to give you this responsibility or you can't do that because you know we don't feel you quite as well educated as the Tom over there um mm. the side. so it mm. I don't think it's ever been a hindrance personally Great. I don't think it should ever be a hindrance personally um, no. what most of the people I ever speak to who don't have a degree are usually doing something not relating to the degree so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and what's kind of held you in good stead over the course of your career what are the things that you think have allowed you to do the things that that you've been able to do um I think um for first and foremost our work uh, and the willingness just to just to do as much as I can and and mm. and take personal pride in the things that 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 are done I think that above anything has has steered me in good Mm. stead because that kind of drives on other behaviors like the desire to want to try something different the desire to go and speak to your manager about picking up a new responsibility but that hard work emphasis has driven everything else because I'm not particularly bright and I'm not academic by far um so you know I've got to use my other strengths and that is I love to work I take everything personally all, I think I work really personally yeah. and that I hope delivers good stuff and, and I think that can't be underemphasized work your socks off and you'll go as far as you want to go for sure yeah great um and then I always say this question for last and you know <laughs> I have a think about this maybe what do you think's next for you is there something like is that paleontology <laughs> still there what do you think's next yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what it should be yeah maybe that'd be more, more more interesting um I think what's next um I think what's next is I've always shied away a little bit from being a, a leader or, or you know building out to be that kind of mm. uh, with a big team underneath or a team underneath that's in kind of because like, I like the doing you know I really like getting stuck in and getting yeah. dirty with the work what I think, and actually I've been reflecting on this for quite a while, and I chat with my boss about it the other day, Nicola, um, because I think that um, I think that is the next step. I think I, I think I've grown to a point where I, where I need to kind of 
it's going to sound really weird and really, I don't know what the word is, <laughs> a glib maybe, um, but I want to influence others with yeah. what I've done um, as much as I can in the way that I can. So I think that's kind of the next step as a leadership type role, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely get that. Um, yeah, makes sense. And sharing your kind of personal career story is maybe just a little tiny bit of that. But yeah, yeah, quite possibly. And, and I do find myself talking to the girls about it because they're quite, my girls are quite inquisitive and they're all yeah. they are asking me about different stuff and, and what do I do? How do I do it? Why do I do it? And yeah. I do find myself now before i kind of brush it off but now i'm starting to tell them some of the stuff that i'm doing and then why it's been done yeah. not, not consciously just because I, I feel that they understand it better and i almost want to not influence them but kind of show them something that's going on in the real world around them other than, other than school and their mates yeah no that's fantastic so I, I guess then finally finally on that point that your your girls are how old uh nine and twelve so what would your advice be to them on how they approach their sort of first steps out into I don't know, beyond GCSEs and on into education and the wider world? Yeah, I'd, I'd say, and again, I think about this quite often because I'm like, mm. I've got um, the eldest is obviously going through senior school. She, um, you know in the back of your head you're thinking she'd be she'd be thinking about what she wants to do afterwards yeah. but should yeah. she I'm not sure that she should mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that actually that will come back come to my advice is that wh- whatever you're in don't feel like that's the end yeah feel that that's just like one part of the journey that you're going to go through and that at any point in any at any time if you want to change and you want to try something else do it yeah it doesn't matter at what point how old you are just just do it um mm. because with hard work you can still you can still be a success of that thing that you've changed into i really do think that's yeah. probably there yeah that's awesome right michael thank you for your time it's been great to see you again and you and it's been lovely chatting to you yeah right cheers bye